0: Welcome to the Nexus Podcast, guys. My name is Melanie Nix. Today, I am joined by a special guest called Michael J. Miller from the MJM band, right?
1: MJM is the band, correct.
0: Welcome, Michael. Good to have you.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Melanie, thank you for having me on the Nexus Podcast.
0: It's a pleasure. So where, where do you guys come from? Where's MJM?
1: We are in Can- Toronto, Canada.
0: Oh, there we go. We're getting closer to my hometown, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. We're getting there. <laughs> well, We see snowstorms up here.
0: Oh, I miss those snowstorms. They are beautiful. I don't miss shoveling them, let's be clear. Yeah. I do miss looking at them and going snowboarding. Uh,
1: That's the best part. Looking out the window and watching that blizzard as you're by a fireplace or going out and playing in it.
0: Absolutely. Taking a walk that i think that was one of my favorite things is late night walks in a big big snowstorm you know those big snowflakes yeah the snow quiets down everything and it seems like you're alone you're alone in the world till you see big headlights but you know
1: that's so true yeah i've done lots of that it's great
0: and i miss hockey
1: <clears throat>
0: there's not enough hockey in the south
1: yeah, it's funny if you look at the history of hockey, it actually started on outdoor, the NHL started on outdoor rinks.
0: Yep, yep. I, I mean, I played hockey for so many years and down here it's football and baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, can, I can do baseball, football. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't really get football. It's a nice sport. I mean, you know, uh, but God, it's
1: so violent. <laughs> Why do they hit each other so hard? A lot of big guys crashing into each other, taking them down.
0: Right, a lot of noise. <laughs>
1: yeah. So and the ha- game, the the U.S. game, is has different rules than the Canadian football too.
0: Exactly. So I learned in- the rules for Canadian football, then came down here, and I was like, "What's going on? There's yeah. not the same. It's not the same thing." Uh, but you know, it's okay. We adjust. At least now I get football again. I, I get ho- I get baseball again. That's what I meant.
1: Right and it's kind of cool how Canada and the US both have teams similar to the NHL they both play each other but in football they're not integrated
0: no they're not the same rules they're not it's 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 weird it's yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: maybe something i should look up to figure out why why that is yeah yeah well yeah. michael how was music introduced to you like how did it all start was it uh Vinyl that your mom or your dad would have been playing, or a family member playing guitar?
1: Yeah. Um, I had music uh, introduced to me from all, all of my surroundings. Um, my father played uh, saxophone and clarinet in the, um, in the Air Force uh, band. He was with the uh, Canadian Rural Air Force. So, yeah, he played in the band and he would pull out his instrument and, and play that when I was just a little boy. And I'd, that was the first time hearing it uh, while seeing a live instrument played. Uh, my mother played the piano. Um, my oldest brother, who's 10 years older than me, was a, and still is a, a fanatic uh, with um, hit records. And um, back in the day, then, uh, 45s. Singles were available on uh, 45 little discs like that, and uh, you'd have an A and a B side. And every week he'd be bringing home a, a new hit, so I got to hear every every song that was on the the charts um, from as early as I can remember. Um, so I, I got to actually experience the whole evolution of rock music, uh, of, of pop music, rock and roll as it uh, went through its changes. From like Buddy Holly to uh, Grand Funk, and then Jimi Hendrix, and uh, you know, then Black Sabbath is quite a uh, that's quite a <laughs> quite a series of events there.
0: Absolutely, I mean, yeah. you 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 got to hear the classics before they became classics. Uh, I mean, yeah. all amazing bands, that's for sure. Uh, the music yeah. today doesn't sound anything like what music sounded back then. Um, Not at all. I'm not uh, not saying anything bad about the music today, obviously. I love the music today. But um, computers changed a lot of the sounds. It's not raw like it used to be. Uh, It's just very different.
1: It's quite different. Um, I work as a music teacher as well through the week. And uh, I teach guitars. And it's funny, um, some students that um, haven't really developed the uh, the sense of listening for a guitar will bring in music that has no guitar in it. They'll see, they'll say, can you teach this song to me, how to play the guitar to it? And I'll listen and I'll say, well, there is no guitar in this song, but I can show you what chords they're playing if you like. But um, it's funny, uh, the earlier music, the guitar was obviously part of the big sound and now with computers and synthesizers, there's a lot of program stuff, a lot of layering of, of orchestration or whatever, or synthesizer sounds where, um, uh, I, I, I'm not sure kids really are trying to figure out what it is they're listening to me myself. I know each sound in the recording, what it's emulating, whether it's a genuine sound or synthesized, uh, you know, an orchestral sound synthesized or, whether it's a real orchestra, which is pretty rare nowadays.
0: Yes, yes, but um, absolutely. There's a lot of. Uh, that's why we have so many subgenres now. I think, uh, you know, rock used to be rock, and then you had metal, and then yeah. you, now it's new metal, black metal. Um, I mean, I the list goes on and oh, on and on. And, on. Cool. and I think it's because of all these um, computerized instruments versions of the instruments that we can do now Uh, i had a chance to work with somebody that does industrial uh, metal oh yeah Um, so much different you know yes very synthesized very um i'm used to raw guitar drums you know rock and metal yeah Uh, that's what i usually do and now (laughs) I I was singing for that track and I was like wow this is different it's actually asking me to do something different with my vocals
1: I believe that because Because, the whole meter and the beat and everything would have there's usually a sequencer or something going, or something that's making it sound very uh, well aggressive and computerized in a machine type of way I guess that's why they call it industrial Right?
0: Exactly, yes,
1: so yes. you'd have to get in in the groove of that machine, to sing along with it
0: it's it's very different it It asked me to to bring some different vocals i I mean, the first few takes that I did, I was like, it sounds weird, you know, I was like, listen to this to my to my partner. I was like, listen to this, it sounds weird. My vocals sound like they don't belong, and then I clicked, and I was like, because I'm trying to bring this." to this style when I should be uh, feeling it, emulating this, uh, you know, synthesized sound. Yeah, give it a little bit of a, I don't know. I had to use different
1: vocals. I can understand your position completely. And I've had that feeling of a vocal uh, just sounding like it. it's, I'm not approaching it the right way. Uh, and, and you can, I can hear it and sense it. It's just not gelling together. And then you have to figure out a way to, to sing to the song so that it's it's meshing and um, your your groove is is in line with what the band is playing and and then the tone too, you know
0: exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly.
1: what sort of voice you're creating and its frequencies. You know.
0: So y- you said you've been uh, <laughs> uh, doing music for a long time. Uh, oh yeah, teaching music. How, how did all that passion come about how did like how did guitar
1: start um yeah so uh, uh there's even more to more of an answer to that previous question to answer this one uh about my background uh, i'd mentioned my father my mother playing instruments and my sister played piano too and my other brother had a, a fender stratocaster and uh geez that thing would be worth a lot of money now because it was an original like early 60s strat wow and i remember the day he sold it for 300 bucks (sighs) (laughs) it's probably worth about 20 grand now (laughs) uh, yeah um but he played uh uh guitar and i i wasn't old enough to be able to even make a note or press a string all i could do is kind of bang away in the open strings and Couldn't figure it out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, my mother put me in for guitar lessons when I was nine. And um, so I I learned to sight read then. And uh, I remember the very first lesson, the teacher was making me learn chords, multiple notes at once when I was nine. It was he was a good teacher, but he made sure that we were learning. Right. And um, so I I took lessons for about three years uh, from nine to twelve. Um, and then I started, uh, well, hanging around with a lot of guys that were listening to rock music and got to hear Alice Cooper, probably one of my favorite uh artists, and uh, that really got me into the rock culture. And um, so I started figuring out riffs. Uh, well, actually, I should, uh, I'll have to, uh, uh thank my brothers and sisters for for getting me to try a, s- a song like my brother would say here listen to this song uh cream sunshine of your love try and figure that out try and figure out what the notes were and i'm i'm like for the first time just going all over the neck figuring out where are these notes and I, and I actually figured out the riffs and then my sister was trying to get me to learn some riffs off uh grand funk live and i managed to do that And the next thing you know, I I realized that I was able to identify what I was hearing with where the notes were on my neck, on my fretboard. And um, then things really started to click in. And um, believe it or not, at at as early of an age as uh, 10 or 11, I would get ideas for songs in my head. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd get this little thing going through my head. And I try to figure out what it was I imagined, and that uh, that gift of getting inspirations um, in my imagination, an idea, um, has always been. how I've um, been able to develop my songwriting abilities, and I'll I'll get an idea for a song at any time. And maybe when I'm walk, I, I remember when I was going to high school, I would be walking at a certain beat. And I would get a, uh, I would get a, a tune or a melody that's going in time with my footsteps as I'm walking to school. Right, so I'd have to go to school and. Uh, the song would be driving me nuts, and I remember a couple of times even splitting, going home and having to play that song on my guitar. See, that's the
0: beauty today with people. Everybody has a cell phone now, so you get an idea, you open that cell phone, voice notes, and you just sing it. You just hum it.
1: Yeah, there was none of that then. I had to remember nope. it until I could get on my instrument and yeah. materialize it.
0: What you learn during that school day? Nothing. Nothing. Because all no. that was in your head was that beat. You, you couldn't lose it. Could, can't no. lose it.
1: Had to hang on to it for sure. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) How about teaching? How did that come? Did you want to share that knowledge to kids?
1: Well, um, I think what what really happened was I um, between recording acts and as we know, we have to keep ourselves. uh, We have to survive. And I found myself doing a variety of different jobs, manual labor jobs to delivery jobs and whatever. And and, um, I said to myself, I'm going to get the qualifications it takes to be a, a teacher. So I started teaching on the side. But it was, I was pretty fresh at it at the time. So then I went to the Royal Conservatory and got all uh, – I learned how to uh, play classical guitar and got my sight reading really in check and went through a number of grades with the Conservatory on classical guitar. Um, and then I studied a lot of theory. And uh, um, I teamed up with a university in, in England called the London College of Music. Okay. Yeah, where I had met one of their uh, – the representative for Canada and I was already an active teacher but um, I started going through all the material and found that it had uh, a course material that was really a lot different than what a lot of teachers were using here in Canada and I really liked it and um, I, I thought it was great and I started teaching it and it was very effective in a positive way. Um, so I, I decided to, to study their whole their whole course from bottom to top, and uh, that's the guitar and theory. And then I, uh, I actually went for my teacher's degree with the London College of Music, and I actually got my teacher's degree uh, for guitar from the university, which uh, makes me legitimate as a teacher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah. it's,
0: it's a lot of learning, and it's uh, it's it, it, you have to love something to be able to go through all of those steps and uh it's a passion it's not just uh it's not just something you do for money uh being a teacher is something you do out of passion
1: yes and now like you mentioned did I want to um uh teach the kids um I I find now that I'm very eager to try to share my knowledge because it's that it's quite deep in how I understand theory. I've I've actually really got it. I've got it figured out. So there's never a question that I can't answer that a student asks, which is great. I always say bring bring your questions to me. I'm sure I'll give you the right answer. And actually I uh, I tell them if you don't understand, you make sure that I make you understand. Absolutely. Regardless of how many times it takes or how I, I have to approach it. If it's something they're unclear about I make sure I get it to them in a way where they've got it, right? Well, so, yeah, I do yeah. enjoy that part of being able to help people that that are interested to learn.
0: That's very important to be able to uh, not just to share the knowledge, but to be able to say, you know, I have the patience also that if you don't understand, I will teach you in another way. And I'll find somehow to make you understand. It's important. It's yes. very
1: important. Yes. Yeah, so, to be quite imaginative too at times when there's confusion in different areas because every individual is is different and wherever they've got that little uh, blockade or, it's, uh, or that little wall where they're just not getting over it, I have to figure it out and make them understand in a in a way that that is is vivid in their imagination.
0: I was lucky as a kid. I had a, a classical teacher. I played flute. What Um, she had the patience, she had the, uh, she marked me for the rest of my life, I mean, this woman was uh, passionate about music, she would get up every Saturday morning, no matter how she felt, she was in a wheelchair, she was, and she was always there for us, those kids, we always, she made me snacks, she made me, we weren't just, um, we weren't just students, we were her kids. That's wonderful. theory, music theory was very important. Um, yeah. I, I remember talking to somebody and I was like, okay, can you sightseek? If I send you something on guitar, can you play it for me? And uh, that's somebody I was working with musically. And he was like, no, I don't know how to read music. Uh-huh. I play everything by ear. Right. And I was like, okay, that's that's awesome because I can't do that, but you need I think personally you need to be able to read. You need to be able to do theory.
1: Um, What's your opinion on that? Well, uh, well, well, (laughs) it's funny because some of the best, the top musicians in the world will say they can't read a note. Like Paul McCartney will say, I can't read. And Ace Frehley from Kiss will say, I've never had a guitar lesson in my life. He just figured it out on his own. But really, uh, Not everybody
0: can be Paul McCartney, though.
1: (laughs) That's for sure. There's only one. (laughs) Is it really Paul McCartney, (laughs) Noah? Oh,
0: here we go. Conspiracy theories. Every episode lately has been talking about that. So we are making a special episode on conspiracy (laughs) theories, by the way.
1: (laughs) I love it. I saw him in an interview a little while ago, and the interviewer said to him, So is Paul McCartney dead? And Paul goes, Well, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> 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 yeah, I believe it's him. Um, re- regarding uh, music theory and sight reading, like sight reading is is just part of theory. There's there's a you know there's a book that thick on musical theory the- musical terms, right? Um, yes. The, the numbering system for intervals and chord construction and all that—that's a whole other aspect to theory too right but um sight reading is is when it comes to classical music it's totally necessary um with with classical guitar a person just couldn't remember unless you're andre segovia um you couldn't remember all that all the stuff that's on that page you know there's i know Hundreds and hundreds of classical pieces, but if I don't have the music in front of me, I can't remember how to play. But as soon as I see it, it's like a cue card where I just go, oh yeah, da 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 da, I keep whipping it off, right? So it's really cool in that way. I'm glad I did take classical guitars ser- seriously. It really broadened my perspective as a composer in regards to constructing uh, harmonies and uh, uh, understanding the modes and staying within the key signature. And, uh, just no choices. I,
0: I, like I said, uh, there's some people and I respect people that can just hear a song and be like, yeah, that's this, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, I like to be able to, I personally, like I, like I said, I like to be able to pull up the sheet and learn how to, you know, and I thought myself, the basic of theory of reading for guitar, I don't really play guitar. I, always say it's just a party trick um you know for around the fire with the kids and yeah. uh, i'm no professional i don't play for any bands because i but i can strum a guitar and i can sing along uh, great yeah that's But I, I needed to learn all that you know i learned my theory I, I learned how to read sheet music i and it's not long if you take the time to sit down and just put in some work like
1: <laughs> Yes, that's um, what you just said there is completely applicable for somebody that wants to learn to read. Um, Example, students that would come for a lesson and I'd teach them notes, but they wouldn't look at it all week. Uh, And then they'd show up for the next lesson and they're looking at the page like it's hieroglyphics. And I'd know why. It's because they hadn't looked at it for a week. And I would have to tell them if you had looked at your sheet music, your homework, every day since the last time i saw you you'd know what was on that page but i can tell that you don't because you haven't looked at it and so that's really what it takes to learn how to sight read is is daily uh, paying daily attention to it so it really goes in here and stays there and you know what you're looking at instead of it being something like ah what is that
0: that's what my kid does um (laughs) she's in band at school and she they practice at school and then she doesn't do anything at home. Oh, she's a drummer. She's yeah. the percussion. And then 2 weeks before their concert she starts rushing around and I got to practice and I you know so I'm like if you would have practiced a little bit every it would be second nature. You wouldn't even be right now running around and and freaking out. You'd just be yep. very calm because it would be second nature by now.
1: That's right. You'd be confident, and it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a struggle. She has her little
0: practice pad, and now we're starting to build her her drum set in the back um, little building that we have. We're missing a few pieces, but she has the essentials. She has the, you know. um, Slowly, we're gonna build her her own drum set, and I'm hoping that she's gonna keep in music. I'm hoping she's, uh, you know going to dedicate a bit more time to it we'll see i'm giving no. her a chance i'll leave it there we never
1: yeah. know yeah how old is she right now 13. yeah well that's at an age where <laughs> kids are trying to figure out what's important to them they've got their friends and they have school of course that they have to do their homework and that's already a lot yes and whatever friends can be a huge influence on on what you turn into or what you decide to do with your time and your interests.
0: Well, no. I'm, I, I sing. Her mama sings. Um, now we're getting her involved a little bit more with the music side. I mean, she's going to come see some shows with us. She's going to. So, you know, the inspiration of seeing other people do, you know, because she'd like to do what they're doing. She's yeah. so. Uh, we're going to the Brewstock Festival in July here uh, in North Carolina, wow. and uh, it's all ages. So we're going to be bringing her with us and see how she likes the metal scene.
1: Wow! the, <laughs> yeah, the, the metal scene—that's that's could could be different. Yeah, yeah. Metal music has really changed since the word heavy metal was introduced to the world.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know. Um, Kind of the same way, rap and hip hop have come into being pop music. Before singers like Freddie Mercury or uh, Robert Plant were singers, and now metal vocals are a lot of. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, well, that's the new. That's 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 <laughs> that's that's the new subgenres. That's yeah. the black metal that's the and um, it's fun going to these festivals because yeah. it's it's not all the same kind of metal that you go through all the same you know so you got the screamers you got the the, the pig squealers you got yeah. the you know so she'll get to see it <laughs> she'll get to see it all I'm trying to get her ready. And play the music around her. And sometimes she looks at me like, What is this? And I'm <laughs> like, that's, that's one of the bands we're going to go see, you know? And she's like a little shocked, you know? It's yeah. North Carolina, where we are here, it's like a, a Bible Belt, uh-huh. you know? So I see. She, she, she's been around, you know, country music all her life and gospel and. And here I come in, and I'm like, let's go metal music, you know. So it's, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be different. I hope she's going to enjoy it. I hope we're going to be able to bring her to more.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great experience for her. She's going to learn a lot and experience a lot from it, see some new things. Well,
0: um, I, I think it's important to broaden her horizons. Kids need to see things. Kids need to develop and grow. And
1: yeah the same way we got to go see the movie Woodstock when we were kids, right? I mean, I couldn't have went there. I was just a kid, but when I was old enough to see the movie, you you get to see what teenagers and young adults were doing. Peace love and all that stuff, right?
0: It was such a nice movement. I mean, yeah. It's it's, it's still very uh, I think they're still doing Woodstock uh I know in Quebec they have Woodstock en Bos, which is in a, a town, and yeah. they, they like their own little version of Woodstock every year. So it's very peace and love. It's very, uh, so I'm, I'm happy to see that certain places still bring that 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 feeling, that uh, that emotion of you know it, it's all love. And I must say that most metal shows that I go to is very. Uh, loving also uh right. the metal crowd they they look rough they look very mean and but you get to talking 100%. to them and they're just like me and you
1: I agree they're like uh they're they're, they're teddy bears the guy looks like a beast but he's the teddy bear right
0: <laughs> he's sure. on stage making those noises that you were talking about and, <laughs> and squealing and after the yeah. show they're just like hi like just very 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 nice people.
1: Yeah, um, that that city that you mentioned in Montreal, Beau's. Uh, whereabouts is that in Quebec? Uh,
0: it's in Quebec. Hold on, let me let me do a quick research
1: while. I've toured a lot of Quebec. I uh, I'm familiar to a good degree with its. See,
0: they're they're even going to have.
1: Properties. Uh, uh,
0: it's in Quebec, Canada. Um, let's see. Let's see if I could find
1: those. Is it close to Montreal?
0: Uh it's close ish to Montreal. Yeah, it's closer yeah. to Quebec City.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe uh, around three rivers, Trois Rivières or something?
0: It's between Trois Rivières and Quebec. Okay.
1: Okay. But so getting
0: to, getting the, right. to the right, you know what I
1: mean? To like the, oh is, is it on the it's on the right side of the St. Lawrence? Uh,
0: yeah, it's on the lower side of the St. Lawrence.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The side heading towards... Uh...
0: Closer towards Maine.
1: Right. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, well, geez.
0: I think I they're having it to... this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wonder yeah. who the promoters are. I would love to have gotten in, in on that one.
0: Right. Oh, you can check it out for next year.
1: Yeah, for sure. I know,
0: I know it's always like a year, I think, before the, when they start taking people for the next year. It's like almost a year or so. I mean, right. you could probably message them now and see for twenty twenty four.
1: Yeah, so that's called a Bose stock.
0: It's it's called Woodstock on oh. Bose, like Woodstock on it, Bose. Yeah.
1: And you spell Bose as B-O-S-E. B O S.
0: B B E A U C E.
1: Okay, I'm just writing this down. B E A U C E Bose. I see. Okay. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem. No yeah. problem. Like I think they have it this year. Let's let's look. Yeah. Yeah, Woodstock on both. Uh, I'm not sure if they're having it this year. We're ha- I'm gonna have to make a research on that one. Uh, you know, with COVID and everything, it's since COVID everything kind of got a little.
1: Uh, well, yeah. COVID. Around. To, uh, to make a little word on the, the whole COVID yeah. uh, experience uh, of the world, uh, what happened with, with MJM is we had, we had been working on the MJM4 album for a number of years, and uh, we had it lined up for release, and a, a bunch of interviews and magazines were going to be covering us. And then the week, or the, the same month, we released it in February, and in March, the lockdown happened. And the magazines that were going to be covering us, they said, we're sorry, but we're not publishing anything. We're not, we're not printing anything. Um, these were magazines in Europe and, you know, UK. Yeah. And they said there's a lockdown here. People aren't going out of their houses. They're not buying anything. They're not coming to newsstands. So there's no point in in us uh, doing another publication. We'll let you know when, when we're up and running again, but it, took a long time yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely so, so that's why that's how our uh mgm4 is quoted as a post-pandemic really re-release
0: i mean you have to everybody had to kind of put a stop to everything nobody could go and doing shows and canada was i don't right. know for toronto at quebec we had a we had an 8 p.m curfew like I remember yeah. like come remember. on like and down here in North I couldn't travel. They blocked the airports, they blocked everything. they blocked the, the borders. nobody could go anywhere. Um, it was it was crazy. it was uh, I'm glad it's all over
1: technically. Yeah. Um, you know a, a block away from my home there's a, <clears throat> a nursing home oh. that was badly hit and the, the army came in and took over the nursing home. Can oh you yeah! Believe that? Oh yeah! Yeah, the army.
0: It, it, it got scary. Like, and I didn't. I didn't want to be scared. I, I. I was like, no, it's fine. You know, we'll be fine. Everything will be fine. But yeah. then every time you open the news, every time you open the TV, that's all they're talking about. You open the internet, that's all they're talking about. Yeah. It's 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 fear. Just putting fear in your face, and you know that many people died today, and this many people died today, and.
1: Okay. Then there's a new variant. After all this, then the whole new, whole new one on the go, on the loose. Right? You think
0: you're good? You know? Yeah. No, we're we're getting better. Oh no! Joking. Ha ha. Go back <laughs> in your houses. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Another lockdown. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Right before Christmas, every year. It's like, no, we're gonna let you guys see your family. Ah, just kidding. You're not seeing anybody. You're in lockdown again, guys.
1: You know, I uh, I lost my mother during that time because um, I believe that she, she passed away due to, to loneliness um, and not understanding. She was uh, put in a home because my father had a stroke and she couldn't take care of herself. So she wound up being in the same home, though there was nothing wrong with her. Uh, and I know that she used to have to sit there day after day. And they, they locked them down to the point where they couldn't even go to the, the dining room for dinner. They had to have all their meals in their own room. And my poor mother sat there probably not a really understanding what's going on with the world because they'd never been through anything like this. No. And she was just like literally locked up in that one little room prison. And then next thing I heard, she was in the hospital. She wasn't sick. She was in the hospital and then she... She passed away just no, like it, that. I would say it was, was from loneliness.
0: I believe you. I, yeah. I, and I, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, people like, you know, people like me in my 40s, um, it was hard for me. Yeah. But, you know, I've been through some weird stuff. I've been, you know, so I was like, okay. But the loneliness, thankfully, I was living with my mom. Uh, my mom uh, had came to live with me just before COVID hit. Oh, that's good. Uh, So at least I wasn't alone. She wasn't alone. You know, we had to, but I couldn't see my family. I could see, I could come see my family here in North Carolina. I missed the first year and three months of my baby's life because I'm not the biological mother, but he's still my son. Uh I missed the first year and three months. Really? You know, yep. it, it's something I'll never get back.
1: Never get that back. That's an absolute shame for sure.
0: I had to watch him grow in this. All right. You know, like, good thing is that he was so small that he doesn't remember this. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. My other kids, they do. You know, like, it was hard for me, but for older citizens and for the kids, Take the kids out of school, put them all in their houses. You can't go out. You can't see your friends anymore. Yeah. A Good thing that all this happened in 2020 and not back in the 90s where we didn't have phones. Yeah. Like, right. can you imagine if we, no internet, no. So you can't see your families. You can't, you can't see your, it, it would have been horrible.
1: It really would have been total isolation. Yeah. But
0: I do believe that uh, a lot of people died from loneliness, uh, A lot of people developed mental issues during all of that. And I wish that the government would help these people more. Um, Every government, I'm not just talking about the U.S. or Canada, every government should have more money put up for mental health.
1: Mental health is a very uh, serious uh, concern. It's by no means a joke in any way. And uh, it has to be taken with utmost serious consideration. Um, mental health is a serious thing. Absolutely. That that we all have to have empathy for.
0: Absolutely. I, I think uh, it's nice to see the awareness being brought up more. It's nice to see people being able to talk about it more, especially men. Yes. Uh, men have been told all their life to... Uh, suck it up to act like a man be a man men don't cry and that's 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 not true that's that's completely not true and
1: that for sure
0: we're not raising this boy uh to be like that you want to cry cry
1: we all have feelings exactly yeah we do and
0: uh, i'm happy to see that men feel more comfortable now to come forward Uh, we had a whole week on mental health at the nixus podcast And most of my guests were males. Uh And I was happily surprised by that. I was happy that the boys wanted to come out and, you know, talk about this. It's important. It's Uh, great.
1: Yes, it's good. that It's therapy for them, too. Anybody who spoke their mind and let loose and kind of aired out, vented some feelings, it was a good opportunity for them to to let loose and share that. And uh, they probably felt a bit of relief just being able to, to voice themselves instead of cooping it up.
0: It was right. a heavy, heavy week for everybody. I mean, I we, have, have we went from everything from depression, anxiety, um, to um, human trafficking. One of our guests was uh, stuck in human trafficking. I mean, it mm-hmm. was a very heavy week.
1: That and heavy.
0: the most beautiful thing is that the end of the week, we didn't all part ways. We actually all came together stronger. We kept messaging each other, "Hey, how you doing today? You doing okay? You know, I know it was hard yesterday, so it 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 developed an even stronger bond between people. uh, Which is what we hope for, right?
1: Yeah, bless your heart for holding a a week like that uh, to support the cause.
0: It's important, and I, I, I like I told you earlier, I offer an open platform, so anybody that needs to talk is. Whether we do it on live, whether we do it pre recorded, or just on a simple phone call, because you don't want the rest of the world knowing your, your issues. I'm yep. here and my team is here. Ames is always there too. Um, that's my co host that you could see at the corner, lower corner of the little screen there. Oh, she has a little square. There she is. <laughs> She's right. uh, my life savior <laughs> for mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, but we're going to take a little break and we're going to listen to your first song Death Crime back Guys, we just listened to "Death Crimes." Uh, Michael's, uh, what what what's "Death Crimes" about? How 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 did it came to be?
1: Huh. Uh, "Death Crimes" is kind of a uh, an independent song compared to the uh, rest of the album. As you notice the the MJM Four album has an, an an alien on the front, and um, uh, so "Death Crimes" doesn't really have anything to do with the concept of aliens. It's a it's a song about a serial killer. Okay. Yeah, um, who sits in stocks and and then he kills people and enjoys watching them decompose. Yeah.
0: Very very metal. <laughs> very metal.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, so uh, yeah that's that's the gist of that one.
0: <laughs> Did you write that one? Yes. You a horror movie fan?
1: Uh, not too much. They, they scare me when I turn out the lights.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I like the older horror movies. I think the horror movies nowadays are kind of like fantasy. It's, it's too much. Like, uh, I like the classic, the exorcist jaws, uh, oh. uh the ones that really scared people back, you know, today think- we have the knowledge not to be scared about everything. Uh, but back then, like that's what I keep telling my kids. You know, you have to think The Exorcist when it came out. Oh, uh, that I was. Still,
1: I still call that the. I would say that's the the most scariest movie ever created, um, because it deals with um, God and. It's based devil.
0: on faith, absolutely. It's based
1: on faith, and the more you believe. I, I'm Christian myself. I believe in God. And I believe that there's a devil out there that is screwing up things and yeah. influencing people. And uh when you see the uh, the priests and the exorcists fighting the power of of Satan and, and what happens, it's freaky, it's mind blowing. Like it's scary. It's really truthfully scary if you yes. believe yeah. and,
0: and and if you you know if you think back on the years that this movie came out and was created the special effects are amazing uh, linda yeah, blair sure. linda blair is such an actress i can't believe um, how
1: she was how they were able to do that with her
0: and she said though that movie affected her even the the the, the poltergeist movies uh yeah. that little girl was really affected by that Right. Um, uh, I think horror movies have you. You know, they they have a power to affect people. Uh, that's so. why I'm saying the old horror movies were, you know. Yeah. Uh, now I watch a horror movies that's created these years, and I'm
1: like, okay, you know, more of that slash him up, blood and knife exactly, and stuff, exactly. You know, it's
0: okay, Jason, and you know you're like yeah. when it comes to paranormal, and when it comes to, like you said to faith, anything related to faith for people that do believe that, that that is their faith. I mean, it's, it's an incredible movie. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, Jaws made me not want to go swim for a long time, not even in a pool. Like mm-hmm. even if I knew that there couldn't be a shark Ooh. in my pool, no, no, I'm not going in the water. I no, yeah, and that's all psychological. Yeah, uh, and it the music that. in those movies is—you know—they—they—they is, they, they make it on purpose. They do it on purpose to take these tracks, to take uh, these—you know—they t- give you that sense of doom and that I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, they create create the proper vibe where it freaks you out even more. Absolutely music touches the senses.
0: Yes, music is very important. Every every aspect for, anyways, for me, I, I couldn't live life without music. I'll go without TV, I'll go without, but don't take my
1: music away. So true, myself as well. (coughs) Especially when the power goes out, I can grab my acoustic guitar and sing.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) You could keep everybody entertained. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys are working on a new single.
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, Actually, I'm I'm heading to the studio right after uh, this interview. Uh, We're mixing... uh, a new song, it's called Live It Up. We've been working on it for quite a while um, because it has to be everything that it can. Uh, we can't let anything slide. It's going to be an official, real, genuine release uh, set for the world stage, and it has to be great. So we've been uh, really going over it with a fine tooth comb, making sure we've got everything so so that nothing bugs me. Because yes. that, that's how it goes later on. You'll release something and two years later listen to it going, well, why didn't I notice that then? Or why did I do that sometimes, right? Or why did I let that go? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. You gotta make sure everything is perfect to you before you release something. Yeah. Uh, that's what Matt has been telling me and other people. Uh, never release something that you're not a hundred percent happy with because that's, they'll come back and bite you in your ass.
1: And you're stuck with it it will be biting you constantly. exactly
0: and then people have versions of that and this and then you're not happy because no here take this version instead this is the remastered version you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Take> this one <laughs> yeah how about some shows you got some shows coming up
1: yeah yeah we're uh, we're playing in a couple weeks at a at a great rock bar here in Toronto called the Rock Pile and um, they've had l- a lot of serious names there. Um and has played there a number of times. Ace Freely from Kiss has played there. Uh, the London Choir Boys or the Choir Boys were just there uh, I think this month. Um, yeah, they got a, a lot of uh, acts uh, like world-class acts that are playing the club circuit. Uh, we'll do that place. So we're there in a couple, couple weeks. And... Um, uh, something i was going to say about uh, the single that we're releasing is called live it up but i'm going to talk about the, the market for for a minute is that um as you probably noticed the the market has really changed um back when we were say in high school we would look forward to a band's next album and we would get their album and we'd look at the artwork we'd look at the members names or pictures we'd know who everybody was what instrument they played we'd know the the name of every song on the album what song was what what order they came in and an album was really important but and and that was the, the band's statement for that that point in that era of their their yep. career right yeah um, but I, I, i've been really noticing uh, as a teacher, uh, over the past number of years, that uh, kids aren't thinking that way. They'll, you know, you can get two thousand songs you know, as an MP3s on a <laughs> on a stick or whatever, right?
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: they won't know what album any song came from, you know. Uh, they get them all mixed up in a playlist and they just know where they like that song. They probably don't even know the artist. It's a singles world. It's all about
0: singles now. And it's
1: a singles economy. People are, we're lucky if we can get them to spend 99 cents and actually pay for the download when they can probably get it for free.
0: They listen to it on Spotify where Spotify doesn't really pay the artists. Uh artists right now make music make money the mostly on merch. I think merch is what brings in the most money.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Unless you can pull off a Molly Crew tour and charge 1600
0: bucks a season. <sighs> i know right <laughs> so, I, I mean i think they're all going a little bit extra with that because now yeah. every artist is doing it like you don't even have to be monthly crew anymore you don't everybody's coming in they're saying okay what is it taylor swift something like six thousand dollars for a ticket uh, i'm gonna keep paying twenty dollars to go see all these amazing indie bands and have like 20 bands to watch for 20 bucks yeah and buy some merch that's where i'm gonna go spend my money uh six hundred dollars for tickets are you i I was trying to bring my partner out uh to see her favorite singer which is Lainey wilson she's a country girl Uh and i looked and i was like you know i'll pay for the i don't care we'll sit really really high just so at least she can hear her you know we can watch her on the screens it's she'll see her tiny like that on the stage you know but we're there you know she hears her and it was three hundred dollars a ticket in the nosebleed and oh, I, really? was like, I was like oh i was shocked well, yeah, i was, I was, was like a, maybe a few hundred you know what i mean maybe a hundred dollars each you really? know i could i could have paid that for nosebleeds but three hundred dollars yeah. though
1: really yeah that's uh no. i wouldn't pay that for a concert either I did. Um, actually, I'll admit it. The last Paul McCartney concert I went to um, it was a while ago, but tickets were two hundred and fifty dollars a seat, and that that was then. And I thought, well, this is outrageous. Well, the first concert I ever saw was Alice <laughs> Cooper, and my st- my ticket stub was four dollars and fifty cents. Yep. Black yep. Sabbath, seven dollars. Mm-hmm. So when I had to pay two hundred fifty dollars to see Paul McCartney, I thought. The only reason I'm doing this is because it's Paul McCartney, and it's, I love the Beatles, right? I've yep. got to see him. And to tell you the truth, it was one of the best shows I've ever there seen in my whole life.
0: The but, most um, money I spent on a ticket, and it won't be a surprise to anybody that knows that I'm from Quebec, uh, is was for Celine Dion. Uh, oh, yeah. I needed to see Celine Dion before. Uh, anything I, you know, I, as a kid growing up, I didn't get to see Michael Jackson before he passed. So that really kind of, you know, yeah. uh, he was a big inspiration to me growing up. I love this music yeah. and, um, I didn't get to see him. So when I had a chance to go see Celine, it was like $150 a ticket. Uh-huh. We weren't nosebleed, but we were like right after, like right before nosebleed. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: and it was worth it. I believe it. But Jeez, I, incredible. I wouldn't pay thousands of dollars because that's just ridiculous. This you, We don't need to charge people that much for music. I, I get COVID was hard on everybody, but it was hard on us too. So we can't afford thousands of dollars for tickets.
1: I think people are allowing the, the promoters to, to get away with it by paying the money. Absolutely. I'm surprised that there isn't... A serious drop in ticket sales because of the costs. I
0: I am surprised too, because I figured maybe people, you know, they'll realize, well, we're selling maybe, you know, a fourth capacity, so we're going to have to fix it. But they're still. Selling out. Full. Yeah. Matt Rife tickets, which is a comedian, but they went in 20 minutes. Really? And they were out of my price range. It's, 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 that's why I'm, I'm all about the indie community. Uh, yeah. I and mean, cool. I just went to see a show. It was four bands, 20 bucks. Right. I mean, I spent a hundred bucks that night and I had the time of my life. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to keep encouraging the indie community. I mean, that's where it's at.
1: <laughs> that's like exactly the same as the last show. I just went to too. four bands, 20 bucks and a few beers. I just paid for me and my girlfriend to get in, bought some beer, and uh, didn't even spend 100 bucks. Had a great time.
0: That's it. That's it. You That's know? the way to do it. I mean, I, I'm not going to be spending a lot of money for people. No. Bring your prices down and we could start talking again mainstream. Uh, yeah. For yeah. now, I'm going to keep on my indie music. I haven't listened to mainstream music anyways and <laughs> since I started doing this podcast. I started my own radio station, and now I have all the music on rotation which if you don't mind michael we will add your two songs to the rotation uh on the the radio so yeah, that'd be great please do i mean i pop that radio on and i just listened to indie music all day long so eh, the life awesome. <laughs> I love it. well let's yeah. take a little break and listen to your second song could it be Good We're back from listening to Could It Be. Uh, what's the inspiration, Michael, behind Could It Be?
1: Um, could it be? When you look up in the sky at all those stars and you see a shooting star or a light moving across the sky, could it be life from a different star, a distant star, life from another planet? Could it be? Our imagination's all go there when we look up in the sky.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a firm believer and there's something out there. Yeah. If we're here, don't tell me there's not somewhere else that has their own kind of earth. Well, not earth, because we're on Earth, but yeah. whatever planet, they're on people.
1: <laughs> yeah. It could be completely different than what we even imagine. We don't know what they need to survive. They may be able to able to survive in a in an environment that we couldn't survive in, but they're adapted to that. That's where they evolved. Never know. So, yeah, you never know what it is at all. Absolutely. Probably uh, probably much m- more uh, technologically advanced than we are. On the other hand, there could be planets with dinosaurs.
0: We'd never know. We, we never know. know. There's I too many wish. Animals. I wish we could. I, I mean, it's it's beautiful to see that we could start exploring. Um, yeah, but we're not tech. We're not advanced enough to go anywhere really to do anything.
1: Uh, um, the the first song on MJM Four is called A Treasure, and it's uh, it's about the the, uh, the seven exoplanets that were discovered that um, all have. Uh, Conditions that could be habitable by the human race. Um, and they're only uh, 40 light years away, right? Mm. So we just have to figure out how to travel that fast and we could get there. Travel to the speed of light for 40 years. We'd I mean, uh, <laughs>
0: select the people properly to go there because, you know, we're, we're messing up this planet. Let's not go ahead and go mess up other planets. That's um, for sure. Yeah, You know, pick it your people bad. wisely, pick your people wisely.
1: Yeah, so true.
0: What would you define success as, Michael? It, it's personal. It's, that, that's a question that comes from you. Uh, what would be success?
1: Success for myself would be, um, well, I have two ways of looking at it. I'm, I'm already successful because I have managed to sustain my life as a musician, and own my own house, all paid for from being a musician, which is great. But uh, I consider success in in my career as an artist um, not being fully achieved yet, believe it or not, as uh, I'm still really working on the the awareness of the world knowing who I am and being familiar with my music. So, and that seems like a big nut to crack, so I'm still working on it uh, still working on it. And the success seems to be, I guess being famous could be considered uh, like a uh, success. Uh, I'm famous to some people, but unknown to others, you know, so do you really call that famous? I don't know. right. And
0: you're famous in, I mean famous like that. I mean, unless you're, like you said, the Beatles or, you know, those classic everlasting people that everybody, every generation knows, uh, even our kids. Uh, But other than that, um, success depends on also where you are in the world. You're in Canada. I'm deep, way down in the south. So we're going to try to bring your music down here because, you know, you're not from here. You're in Canada. You're successful. Yeah. I think that's uh, where the internet plays a big, big part now that uh, it's going to get easier for bands to get known worldwide.
1: I am appreci- appreciating social media for that uh, ability to to reach out when we never could before. Now, now we can get our music across the world. It's, it's funny when I look at uh, <clears throat> my YouTube channel uh, and see where, where around the world uh, I'm getting all the, the views from, right? It's quite something.
0: Same. When I look at the podcast <clears throat> and I can see uh, little dots, uh, a lot of concentrated in the U.S., obviously, because most bands I interview are from here. Uh-huh. Um, then Canada. And then you'll see the U.K. because Amy's taking over the U.K. And then I can see Australia. I mean, that's pretty cool. We're listened to everywhere in the world. There's a tiny island in the middle of nowhere and there's a little dot on it. That means somebody from that tiny little island in the world listens to my podcast.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: And I appreciate all the listens that we get uh, from everywhere in the world. I think it's cool that, you know, we can be listened to everywhere in the world. It's uh, pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we have the internet to thank for that.
0: Absolutely, it's it's a double-edged sword.
1: Absolutely, it certainly is certainly is.
0: We have to be careful with the internet. We have to be careful with social media and how much time and how much focus we put on there. Those numbers, yeah. I'm guilty myself. Now I don't do it anymore, but at the beginning of this venture, I was looking at those numbers daily, and every time my numbers would go down. And I'd have a bad day. I don't understand. I've been posting. I've and it's just an algorithm. It's really <laughs> just
1: numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I it, it can get to you. <laughs> it yeah. does to me. I still have to still have to watch it. Uh, it is a daily thing for me right now because I'm constantly working on it uh, with promotion and publicists and all sorts of other stuff. Right.
0: Well, when you're paying people to help you promote, you've know, you got to see your promotion. you got to see your numbers go up. Yeah. Uh, we're doing everything by ourselves. I'm not paying anybody to promote me right now. So if I'd be paying somebody, I'd be looking at those numbers and being like, excuse me, but they're not going up. Uh, but uh, to doing it pretty much myself with my team, uh, we, we don't pay. We're, we're on this. Uh, I'm not going to pay anybody right now to see what I can accomplish myself.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, it's very time-consuming. A lot of I'm work. Not gonna lie, it's uh, yeah, really.
1: yeah.
0: a lot of social media. It's a lot of uh, a promotion. It's a lot of talking with people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's my job. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to uh, learn how to promote myself so I can help promote others better
1: after. Well, that's very organic, and uh, there's nothing like organic. That's that's real, right? Absolutely. So
0: But there's nothing wrong with paying for promotion either, because at one point I do believe at one point in somebody's career, you need that little extra boost. You need that. uh, But like you said, now at that point, now it's important to see, am I wasting my money or am I putting my money into people that are actually helping me? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the important part. Well, Michael, I know you are a busy man. <laughs> I know you want to go track that single. So we're coming to the end of the episode. Before we go, where can we find you on social media?
1: Um, just about everywhere. If you, um, if you just key in the at sign with MJM Rocks, uh, that will lead you to all of our social media sites. So at MJM Rocks, and of course, we're on uh, YouTube as the Michael J. Miller Band, Facebook, Michael J. Miller Band, Instagram, MJM Rocks. Uh, that that'll that'll work. We're on pretty well all the platforms. Uh, Spotify, of course, uh, and Absolutely. Apple Music, and Amazon. Yeah. Can, can we
0: find your merch on one of those sites? Do you guys have merch on sale right now?
1: Yes, yes. We actually have a Shopify page. It's connected to our uh, YouTube channel and our website. Uh, I'm not sure if it's. Connected to Spotify, it should be. If it's not, I'll make get I'll get that done.
0: So we just have to go on YouTube and we'll be able to find that and connect to your merch. And yes. Perfect. Perfect. So before I let you go, Michael, uh, I warned you earlier. (laughs) We have (laughs) the next question coming up. So if you would get a chance right now to sit down with a younger version of yourself, young Michael, what would you tell him?
1: All right. Uh, well, geez, you're, you're pulling something out of my heart here, but my advice to myself or to anyone who's uh, young and getting ready for a life of adulthood um, <clears throat> would be when you find somebody that you truly love, don't screw it up. Don't fall for temptation. Don't hurt that person. Don't hurt them because it'll come back and you'll be hurt even worse. Don't break their heart and they won't break yours. Okay. Be good to them and treat them like they're the most important thing in the world. Be very careful. You don't hurt the person you love.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because obviously a lot of times we don't know what we got till it's gone. Right.
1: That's right. Yes. And when you're young, you make mistakes. There's a lot of temptation and uh, you don't know the repercussions or actually you don't even know about emotions. Sometimes yeah. traumatic events will trigger emotions that you didn't even know were possible until you're experiencing them. Absolutely. You realize how horrible it can be. And, it's uh,
0: very good advice. Uh, don't give in to that temptation because that temptation can last a moment but the repercussions of that temptation will be forever.
1: Exactly. Wise, perfectly put. Thank you for saying it that way.
0: Well, Michael, thank you so much for sitting down with me today and doing this interview. It was great getting to know you better and getting to know your music. Uh, We will make sure to uh, promote it, add it to the radio, and give yourself uh, and the band a little push over here at the Nexus podcast.
1: I um, oh, really appreciate that, Melanie. Thanks very much. I I'm happy that I have you, uh, getting your music out to the world. MJM is, is here for all the, the metalers that want to rock. And that's why I do it for the people that like metal and rock and roll.
0: That's amazing. When you get that new single out, uh, make sure to message us and okay. uh, we'll post it and we'll give you guys a uh, Uh, a bit more voice uh, as much as we can i mean i uh, we don't we don't claim to do miracles obviously but i two or three or four more listeners i mean everything is good right
1: it all helps it all helps i certainly appreciate it well thank
0: Thank you very much michael
1: it's a pleasure meeting you melanie and it was a wonderful interview thank you very much thank you take care